Your last day of vacation and you found time for a deep tissue massage followed by a long mud bath then a two-hour nap. Because you're an American Express Platinum Guard member and booked your stay at a fine hotel and resort through Amex Travel, which means a 4 p.m. checkout. And those relaxing vacation vibes can keep going at the airport in the Centurion Lounge. Just a splash. Before you board the plane back to reality. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your travel experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. Price picks is the easiest, the most exciting way to get in on the action. Whether you watch your favorite sports and players, pick more, pick less. It's that easy. Download the app today. Use code MIB for a first deposit match of up to $100. You're listening to the Men in Blazers Media Network, Suboptimal Radio. Welcome to a Men in Blazers, holy crap, England actually won something, pod special. Way back, like Beyonce, on the day in which feels like the entire nation of England had a Wayne Rooney of a weekend, in which they all won the Wagatha case, managed their first game at DC United and oversaw two goals in extra time to seal a comeback win, no wonder, and then witness possibly the greatest single result in modern British football history. Yes, Everton 3, Dinamo Kiev 0. A jest, a jest. I actually want to open by raising high my third first bud of the day to the moment it finally came home and the years of hurt clock was finally reset to zero against the Germans too. And I can't describe psychically, just a release alone of beating them gave the nation more, much more on that to come. But that song, It's Coming Home by Badil and Skinner, that was originally ironic, a song about football fandom, about sports fandom, about the human condition, about how we have the capacity ahead of every season, ahead of every tournament, no matter what the team is, you build up the case for hope, even though every single ounce of evidence, every iota of experience from the past flashes only danger, warning signs ahead. A song which admittedly has been outrun by England's recent progression from a footballing perspective on both the men's and the women's sides. And it was finally put to rest yesterday, a seismic day on the Wembley pitch in so many dimensions in what could, what should prove to be an even more transcendent victory off the field in years to come, as we will discuss. But Godspeed, to those mighty lionesses. Just say it. England women, Euro 2022 champions. I honestly, I honestly did not think I would live to see the day. Serena Wiegmann's team lifted England's first major trophy since the vaunted men won the 1966 World Cup on the same turf, against the same team. But let's be honest, these women had to face so many more profound challenges and obstacles to grow the game without anything like Title IX existing in Britain. Many of the challenges they had to face were actually from inside their own nation along the way. So much to unpack. Let's dive in. (laughs) 
That is the sound of your champion England national team singing that song for the first time, probably not ironically, but as truth. And before we live their day, quick big news this Wednesday, 5 p.m. Eastern time. We're going to do it live as in men in blazers do it live. A live reaction show coming back off the biggest games in global football. It's got a new home. We are now on AMP, A-M-P, a radio app will allow you to listen to the pod in real time and even better get involved by asking your questions on the air come up be on stage really is one of the great joys of men in blazers getting to commune with gfops and amp will allow us to do just that all you have to do is download the amp app from the app store a link is all over our social and once you get the app Follow at Men in Blazers, same handle as all of our socials. You'll get notified every time we go live. First episode, Wednesday, August 3rd, this Wednesday, 5 p.m. Eastern time. Big Premier League season preview, just two sleeps ahead of the Premier League kickoff. We'll be live on AMP every single Wednesday throughout the season. Get the app, AMP. Take part in these beauties as GFOP at Bryce Kirschbaum tweeted, greatest AMP since Frank Lampard. Okay, let's do it. This is the home of football. That's what's going to matter. That's what's going to matter again, as we said, That was the sound of Emma Hayes, the great Chelsea manager and ESPN pundit, a woman who has dreamed of this very kind of moment for decades, seeing change about to happen before her very eyes. This was before kickoff. She was on the field at Wembley, a sold-out Wembley, 87,192 fans in there. Quick aside, know this, the three biggest crowds in European football this year have all been for women's games. Barcelona got 91,000 plus twice. But in England, England, to see the national stadium heaving ahead of a women's final, the emotions... Just the sense of anticipation, the sense of possibility, the sense that the women's game was surging and that that was clear, evident to everyone. This really felt like it was going to be the biggest day in English football since Mike Dean retired. And it wasn't just Emma Hayes who was feeling it. Honestly, I was so bloody emotional all morning. I was shocked at how moved I felt ahead of kickoff because, you know, I support America now with every ounce of energy in my heart, but I've learned the hard way. I really have in my lifetime that whenever England have faced up to football history, football history is always undefeated. But as I tuned in to watch these women, this team on this day with their confidence, their backheel swag, their dominance, their belief, I had a feeling that I told myself today could be different. Even though the opponent... Germany. It had to be them. Eight-time champion Germany. From a footballing perspective, England-Germany, a massive rivalry. But honestly, it's a massive rivalry in the same way like Bears-Packers is a rivalry and that it almost always, definitely, horribly, often traumatically ends up with only one winner. England, look at the stats, have beaten Germany twice in 27 games, yet they were handed a boost before kickoff. Alexandra Pott was out of the starting lineups after suffering a muscular injury in the warm-up. A devastating loss for the Germans, their goal machine, their captain, really their player of destiny. Six goals in the tournament, a heroic story of her own, a perseverance through injury, then seizing a moment, suddenly left crying on the bench in agony. And from the kickoff, England seemed emboldened and daunted, working the flanks to create chances for Ellen White to fritter. But the Germans, 
then began to counter-press. And there was a moment of terror on the line and Nation had a collective heart attack as the ball ricocheted like a bullet in the matrix around the England line. There were so many heroic goal-line clearances in like 0.8 seconds. I think Williamson got in there with the, let's say, hand region, seen him given. Vardo saw nothing, a bit like... In the 1966 World Cup final, England, Germany, again at Wembley, and Jeff Hurst, an English schoolboy hero, scored the still only hat-trick in men's finals history, the second goal of which remains controversial to this day, shot from close range, cannoned off the underside of the bar, and appeared to bounce either over the line or exactly on it, depending whether you were English or German. Yes, no, no linesman says no. The linesman says no. It's a goal! It's a goal! All the Germans go mad at the referee. Was it in? The only opinion that mattered was that of Soviet linesman Tofik Bakramov, who awarded the goal, and there's a wonderful apocryphal story that when Bakramov was on his deathbed, he was asked, How are you so sure it was a goal? And he gave the one word reply. Stalingrad, referring to the bloody Second World War battle in which over 750,000 Soviets died. And I got the feeling watching replays, Far may have been thinking about something similar when it made its decision. But from that point on, the game had spice, feet were left in, elbows flew, lots of English fans not pleased with how much the Germans were getting away with. And... We always say when two football teams take the field in an international game, their nation's history takes the field alongside of them. Let's just say quite a bit of history between these two teams as both attempted to enforce control of the game. Germany cut off Frank Kirby and he kind of felt that the longer the Germans felt that they could break up the game, the more they could prevent England from scoring, the more they could take that crowd out of the game and then fancy their chances. And so into the second half, Germany started so bloody fast. Only a pair of tragic German finishes, one from substitute Tabea Vasmuth, the second from Magul kept England in it. Suddenly, eerily, it went ominously quiet at Wembley. You could honestly hear the players shouting to each other. It was like fanless football in the pandemic, apart from the fact that there were 90,000 people watching with their hands over their mouths, their anxiety, a reflection of their English players' anxiety. And two substitutes quickly came in to try and change the energy of the game. 55 minutes, in came Ella Toon and Alicia Russo. They sauntered on, two teammates, two best friends from Manchester United. Their impact, immediate, because within seven minutes, an exquisite direct ball. Played through by Walsh. What vision, spotting the run of Toon, who charged in on goal. Shed forever. Seemed like too long, too much time to think. What could she do? What would she do? And then this happened. Wonderful opportunity for Toon! What a goal from her! Ella Toon and Manchester United push England ahead! The most delicious, sweetest finishes of all time. Toon held LB plus B and the ball just looped, arced, exquisite, a poem in its own right into the back of the net. And when Ronaldo was talking about Manchester United royalty playing Sunday... He was clearly talking about two. And there's only one true United number seven. And Wembley came alive. 
But after that goal, so did the Germans. Magul rattled the woodwork. There was Mary Earps, the English goalkeeper, diving on a rebound after the shot spanked the bar, doing Jordan Pickford comedy face bits of relief and wonder. But it would prove to be a false reprieve. Credit the Germans. They did not panic. They summoned only a sense of belief, of calm, of experience. And they cut England apart with a flowing move down the right of a gassed English bat line. And this happened. Vassmoot across the pace of goal, and McGool with the equaliser for Germany. Brilliantly taken, wonderful move. And don't How do you say scheisser in English? McGool made an incredibly difficult finish. Looks so bloody easy. She just opened up her body at the near post and barely smiled as she trotted away. As the English defenders sank to their knees, she merely summoned a roar that for English fans was all too familiar because in that moment, 1-1, tie game, just an existential wave of terror suddenly gripped every single English person. Another massive game against Germany. Could it go to penalties? Because, my God, the ghost of penalty shootouts lost against Germany in the 1990 World Cup semi-finals and Euro 96. Still eight deep in the English bone and... In me, the residue of Englishness, whatever there is in there, in that moment, was very, very afraid. Too many England-Germany games have witnessed ending in heartbreak and knew that it would take something, something almost un-English for this to end well, into extra time. Germany had never lost a Euro final before. England fans held on to the famous words of the great Alf Ramsey, the manager who uttered ahead of extra time in 1966, you won it once, get out there and win it again. And it all became a battle of legs, tired legs, stamina, fitness, a cumbersome exercise of just hanging on with every player seemingly physically, mentally, emotionally shattered. There was 35-year-old legend England's Jill Scott driving a team forward with her play and her swear words and then... A moment of history, which will now take its place up there with 1066, the Battle of Hastings, 1781, losing the colonies, and 2014, when Piers Morgan was sent packing back to the UK. Bouncing around dangerously in there. Can England poke it in? Yes, they can! Kelly! And England lead in extra time! My goodness me! Astonishing scenes here. Some corner slot, uncleared. Chloe Kelly, Manchester City's Chloe Kelly, a pest in the goalkeeper's face. This is a woman who grew up playing football in a cage with her brothers, no mercy street ball. And here, as the scrap went down, she drew on all that muscle memory. She had one chance, two chances to get a toe on it, an eternity before she finally poked it home a girl who and this is beautiful grew up near enough Wembley Stadium that on FA Cup final day she would ritually get a bus to Wembley by a souvenir program and then get the bus home she she had just lit up Wembley and an entire nation by scoring her first competitive international goal and it was the winner in a massive generation defining final and then 
the celebration 23 years after Brandy Chastain pioneered her iconic sports bra Sally. England's Chloe Kelly echoed that shirt off charge of joy, a tribute in her own nation's groundbreaking footballing moment. And I will say the long hesitation for VAR before she ripped off her shirt made it seem all the more British. And yes, I know, Americans, this was not a World Cup. This was just a Euros, but it's all about the impact. And as we'll discuss the impact of this moment, as the 99ers were for the US public, the impact of this moment on England will be, please God, just as seismic, a moment which will become woven into the nation's DNA. Thousands of kids on playgrounds all over England, boys and girls will relive this moment and tell themselves that they are Chloe Kelly. And that was that. From this point on, England ran down the clock, shackling Germany into their own half. The Daily Mail led today with a headline praising England's, quote, world-class time-wasting housery. And then the final whistle. And England are the European champions. The hosts with the most. History has been made. 56 years and one day after the men beat Germany 4-2 in extra time. England added to the only trophy they had ever won, but the men's players, our heroes, Mason Mount, Harry Kane, Phil Foden, they were not on the field. They were there in the stands, cheering along, losing their crap with everyone else in England. We have beaten the Germans. And England beating the Germans anytime, anywhere does not happen too often. But for them to win in a final, for football to be finally, finally coming home after so bloody long of just singing and poking fun at our own unfathomable commitment to failure and self-sabotage, it was like a national septic boil was lanced and it was glorious. England broadcaster Gary Lineker captured the moment perfectly by updating his own iconic quote, he tweeted, football's a simple game. 22 women chase a ball for 90 minutes. And at the end, England actually win. And when they did, I, I've got to say, the sight of an England team on the winner's podium, confetti, cannons, fire, and a gorgeous, gorgeous trophy was soul-stirring. I honestly didn't think I would live to see this day in my lifetime. And it means England are European champions. An England national team lifting a trophy. What a vision. Ending 56 years of national trauma, self-sabotaging defeat, and a sense of deep footballing inferiority. The Lionesses were the ones who delivered it. Delivering glory, happiness, a sense of collective joy to a fractious, exhausted, politically complex and deeply overheated nation. And my immediate reaction was, oh my God, the 2023 World Cup is going to be one unbelievable battle royale. Bring it on. But let's not get ahead of ourselves. We have to give a quick word to the Germans. What a fantastic team. They entered the tournament under the radar, written off by, well, pretty well everyone, and then proceeded to unveil themselves as a Turniermannschaft, a tournament team, as great German teams are one to do. And this was such a tight game. It could have gone either way. It's, this so could easily have been Germany's day. They were dominant, really 
in regulation, the dominant team. England just had the ability to keep on going to dig deeper in extra time. And I think if you're a German fan, you will always feel in agony. What would have happened if Pop was fit to start? Question that will never be answered. Will just be an agonising, historical, hypothetical footballing footnote. And men and blazers, we like to believe more is more when it comes to football. Unless Everton are playing, in which case, oh, less is always more. But one thing you can do to enhance even the Everton watching experience is to visit the GFOPs at Prize Picks. They're America's number one fantasy sports app. Test your skills on Prize Picks this season. It's the most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. If you've got the skills, you can turn $10 into $250 with just a few taps. Tappity taps, mostly just picking what categories you want Everton players to disappoint you in and smashing the less. Thing I love about Prize Picks is, is how simple it is to use. They're now offering Apple Pay for quick and easy deposits into your account this soccer season. No more ferreting around in your wallet for that security code on your credit card that the computer never saves. Download the app today. Use code MIB for a first deposit match of up to $100. That's promo code MIB. Prize picks. Pick more, pick less. It's that easy. It's Rog here to tell you about a product that I simply adore. It's been a long time staple in the Bennett refrigerator. Stoke cold brew coffee. Always bold, always smooth. Yes, that is the very same Stoke as in the mighty Wrexham Fortress known as the Stoke Kairas or the Stoke Racecourse. Wrexham AFC's home. They support it. They support football, which is just one great reason to love this coffee. It is my go-to enjoy during the football calendar. Essentially, the opposite of Everton. And you can check out their full lineup of 48 ounce cold brew products, something for everybody from light to dark roast to seasonal favourites in a refrigerated multi serve format. I tell you this, as someone whose blood type is now officially Stoke Espresso Blend, have the coffee house experience in the comfort of your own home and do it now. Stoke Cold Brew Coffee and be sure to follow Wrexham AFC. Big love to all at Stoke. Courage. England, England, huge, huge respect, we should say, to coach Serena Wiegmann, former North Carolina Tar Heel as a player, turned back-to-back Euro winner, first with a native Netherlands, now with England, really living out the legendary Italian coach Trapattoni's classic quote, a good manager makes a team 10% better, a bad manager makes it 30% worse. In the modern game, God, the percentages are probably now far more than that, but England under Phil Neville, and England now are two radically different propositions entirely. And this was Wiegmann's day, as much as anyone. She was the missing piece on the road to glory. And what glory? Again, let's listen to Emma Hayes in the aftermath, the immediate full-time Emma Hayes, because, well, God, she's our nation's spirit animal. Honestly, I can't find my words. This whole place has exploded. These amazing players, this amazing atmosphere. I think we, I know that everybody's worked so hard for a day like today, so I'm just so overwhelmed and proud of everything. And listen to this place, it's absolutely rocking in here. 
God bless Emma Hayes. I mean, remember, Emma Hayes, a more emotionally articulate human you will not meet, but even she can't find her words in this moment. She knows what this feat means. She understands the enormity of it all. She also understands the yearning. She understands what it's taken to get to this moment. The decades of sacrifice and suffering and dreams... And, and honestly, those dreams must have, for Emma, frankly felt futile for long stretches and everyone of her generation who dragged this game forward. But now they are coming true. And these words from Emma's lips, this is what it sounds like. Because, my God, it has been a struggle. We need to know this. Know this. And this is mind-blowing. Women's football was banned in England from 1921 to 1970, nearly 50 years, the Football Association deemed it a sport, quote, not fitted for females. And when it did come back, it was ignored. It was a backwater. It was just a voluntary cult niche, the deepest of niches. And I've said many times that when I grew up in England in the 80s, if a girl played football, and this sickens me, the memory, she would be, she would be derided. She would be mocked. She would be flung to the periphery. She would be deemed a weirdo by our deeply misogynistic, macho society. And also remember this. Unlike America, we had no college game to lift our sport. We had no Title IX. We had quite the opposite. As, as the great Ian Wright, the Arsenal legend, kept highlighting throughout the English broadcast, less than half of English girls, this is staggering, aged 11 to 18, are even offered the opportunity to play football as part of their school curriculum. And American listeners must recoil as you hear that. You probably find it hard to fathom. Girls playing sports is such a norm in this nation. But my God, in Britain, and it is Britain, it's not just England, it is still so far away from a norm, not even close to where it needs to be. So yesterday's victory, yesterday's victory was the product of 50 plus years of women who love the game, who love football, and have had to drag it out of the shadows with only their passion and their shared belief and their love for the game and their love for each other, propelling them incrementally. It has been incremental. It's been such a exhausting journey. It was only in 2009 the national team started to offer central contracts to their 17 best players. Those lucky 17 got to live off $19,500 a year elite athletes, living off crumbs. And I remember back then, Hope Powell, an incredible player, I actually believe in her career, she was never paid. But she was a manager in 2009 when England were thrashed 6-2 by Germany. <laughs> See the theme? In the final of Euro 2019. And she said, in the aftermath, she said, the loss will, quote, make the girls stronger. And one day, it will be our day. Yesterday, Yesterday was their day. And the winners got $68,000 as a win bonus each. Their faces are on advertising hoardings from north to south. They are national heroes. A journey from a game, a team who were loathed to loved within 52 years, which is why England captain Leia Williamson, what a player. But what a spokesperson too. This is what she said post-game. The legacy of this tournament is the societal change, is 
is this feels like a bit of a 99 America moment, you know, that World Cup in terms of we're a home nation that's just done that in front of 87,000 people and I think it's really, really powerful what we've just done. Um, and that's the start, that's the start of the journey, that's what I'm talking about. But the legacy of this team was still to be written. The legacy of this team is still to be written. We are the 99ers. So well said. And again, American fans tweeting in saying, yeah, but it wasn't the World Cup. This was culturally, this was the cultural moment, the cultural equivalent. And the impact of it will be what? The Club League, the Women's Super League, which kicks off in September... You know, you'd see the sold-out Wembley audience and the massive, massive television audience, which peaked at an unbelievable 17.4 million viewers. I believe it was the biggest UK television event of the year so far. And yes, thank God, finally, it killed the horrible old misogynistic brickbat of no one cares about women's soccer. They do. They do. But the question is now, will it spill over to the club games when the Women's Super League kicks off? Last season, average crowds hovered around just 2,000. Will it change? And how? For what it's worth, I do believe it will. Because listening to these women, they know. They know they are just beginning to find their voices. And yes, brace yourself. So many will now be national darlings. And by the way, one or two will be taken out by the national tabloids in the nasty way they do. But a generation of kids, of girls and boys will have seen them as national heroes. Leah Williamson, the pugnacious Earps, Beth Mead, Fran Kirby, Alicia Russo. And we'll only know women's sports as this, as Pack Stadia, as Trafalgar Square Parades, as history-making champions, an incredible victory. The trophy, honestly, may prove to be the least of the riches on offer. This game, this England campaign, this entire tournament was a cultural moment in which change will be the true prize. I have to believe that. The turning point to a different way of living in which England's school systems see girls' athletics as equal to their boys' programmes, create a post-Title IX world without Title IX, change how young girls see themselves and what's important, how young boys view them too. There was this tweet, which I love, from... Eif Mannion, who plays for Manchester United, she tweeted, the impact on little girls. I mean, in the village near me, we are creating three girls teams in September from scratch. That's how many parents have got in touch with the village junior team to say their daughter now wants to play. That is a legacy. And I'm going to let her words be the last words because I hope they're true. And not a single English fan put a firework in their bottom. Talk about progress. One quick note before we touch on the Community Shield quickly. Huge love to Brazil, who won the Copa America Femenina for the eighth time after a 1-0 win against host Colombia on Saturday. They'd won all their matches. They didn't concede a single goal, but the headline of this tournament, football is becoming stronger across South America in the women's game, and the world is all the better for it. If you travel, you know when it comes to love. See you soon. Can't wait. The sky is no limit. You know with your Delta Amex card, being oceans apart means meeting in Aruba. And booking a war travel with your card means saving 15% on Delta flights. You know kissing under the bridge of size guarantees eternal love. Because you're the long-distance lovebirds. It's why you're a Delta SkyMiles Platinum American Express card member. If you travel, you know. 
Takeoff 15 discount not applicable to partner operated flights or taxes and fees. Terms apply. Visit go.amex slash you know. During Dell TechFest, score game-changing innovations with limited-time deals on select next-gen Alienware gaming tech. New dimensions await with advanced gaming systems like the Alienware M18 laptop powered by an Intel Core i9 processor featuring awe-inspiring visuals, liquid cooling, three-dimensional audio with Dolby Atmos, and impressive overclocking potential. Your dream setup, amazing prices, and free shipping await you for a limited time only at Alienware.com deals. That's alienware.com slash deals. All right, let's community shield. Fabio Cavallo to Mo Salah to Andrew Robertson for Nunez. What a brilliant finish. And that has finished off Manchester City. That was the sound of Darwin Nunez, Liverpool's new Uruguayan $100 million striker, shucking off doubt and the haters and delivering a 3-1 victory for Liverpool over Manchester City in Saturday's curtain-raising friendly, the Community Shield, a game which means absolutely everything and absolutely nothing. Jurgen Klopp, I think, captured the immensity of it before the game when he said, if you win, it is a very important competition. If you lose, it becomes a lot less important. And the game ultimately was about overreacting wildly and judging new signings too quickly. Fans love to do that. And Darwin Nunes gentleman who'd seen some share of his comedy howlers in pre-season, but his arrival in this one as a substitute over just over half an hour changed the game, set up a goal, scored one late, and it was Manchester City's Nordic meet shield, the mighty Erling Haaland, who struggled throughout the game, barely touched the ball, and late, late on, with an open goal at his mercy, he went big rum in disguise. Foden, good save. Oh, no, for... Haaland, not been his day really. How the Bantz merchants who like to talk about a Bundesliga task enjoyed that one. Atto Raj tweeted us, Scandi Carroll. Q-Pep having to defend his man already. He fought a lot and he made the movements and uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's good for him to understand you know, to see the reality, the new country, new league, and uh, will good. But I think he was, he was, uh, uh, he did, he was there. So today did not score, and and as they the goal score. To be clear, Gent is going to score a ton of goals, Erling Haaland. So enjoy your moment of Bantz haters. It's nice to laugh the the ha 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 Haaland lines and. And posit the Haaland without Gio Reynos at the office, without Steve Carell. But we all know Erling Haaland is going to eat us all up like, like I destroy packets of Cheetos. As GFOP at home alone reminded me, remember, Erling Haaland is the chess robot that broke the kid's finger in Con 8. He will not forget this. Don't trust Twitter. If you don't believe me, listen to the words of Liverpool Rock Big Verge who said that Haaland will, quote, make defenders' lives in England horrible. He's so direct. He has everything. So what does it mean? As I said, nothing. Watch Darwin Nunes drop to his knees at the final whistle, like Sergeant Elias at the end of Platoon. I mean, this was just the community shield. It wasn't like a Florida Cup or anything, but it was nice for Liverpool, who didn't beat any of their direct rivals head-to-head last season, a statistic which ultimately cost them. And to be honest, I may have drunk a few too many, but after watching Everton play Dynamo Kiev on Friday night and now the Community Shield on Saturday, I'm pretty convinced 
City and Liverpool are playing for second and third this season. And we are just five days away until the Premier League kicks off. We will break it down Wednesday on AMP at 5pm Eastern time. Come join us when we will make wildly inaccurate predictions about your top three and Doom 4. But for now, I want to finish by raising a Jägermeister to the prospect of the Premier League's return with the possibility of eight Americans playing in it. Christian Pulisic, Anthony Robinson, Chris Richards, Brendan Aronson, Tyler Adams, Matt Turner, Tim Ream, and soon 18-year-old goalkeeper Gagas Lanina posited to sign for Chelsea and move there in January. The league record is 13 Americans, 2007, but we are living in incredible days on both the men's and women's side of the game, and we should never take it for granted. Last, last word. I am genuinely rocked, like all of you, I imagine, while the Euro final was going on. News of the passing of the great Bill Russell filtered out, and even in the joy of England's defeat, the ache of loss is so strongly felt. That man, one of the greatest winners in the history of sports, a civil rights warrior who marched with Martin Luther King Jr., stood with Muhammad Ali, was a truly great human being. May his legacy be passed down and carried forth by future generations. I'm going to leave the last word to Bill Russell, a great American. Courage. The reason I conducted my life the way I did, it was almost like a family business. It's my family tradition to share our lives with our friends and neighbors. And that's the way I've tried to conduct my life. My father always said, uh, I don't know what you're going to do when you grow up. But don't do it if you can't do it right. And so be the best you can at whatever you do. If they're a parent, be kind to the children so that the children will grow up knowing what kindness feels like. And they'll be more apt to continue with it. And uh, that is, to me, one of the great expressions of love for country, for family, country, and the world. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to Men in Blazers ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Or you can listen ad-free with Wondery Plus in Apple Podcasts. Before you go, tell us about yourself by completing a short survey at wondery.com slash survey. Yo, Trey. Yeah, Kevin, what's up, man? I was just thinking, what would have happened if Drew Brees didn't fail his physical with the Dolphins and ended up playing under Nick Saban in Miami? There's a good shot the Finns establish a dynasty. Tom Brady and Bill Belichick probably don't become goats, and Tuscaloosa doesn't become the center of the college football universe. That's a butterfly effect for real. Hey, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier. We're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Intercepted at the goal line by Malcolm Butler. Sorry, Marshawn, still too soon. Man. 
Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus.